When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN2, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers, and the podcast we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Does, do the songs that Yates plays on the intros, guys, make you like the songs more because you hear them every day on this show? Because I got to say, I have a special affinity for certain songs now because I hear them a lot of times coming in from commercial break now. I just feel like Yates is dope at what he does, man. He just makes me, whatever song he plays leads me into, I feel like, my mindset for that segment. See what he did, Yates? He tried to make, I was trying to like give you a, a, like a general compliment. He made it sound like an insult. What? See how you feel when he's playing Smashville. <laughs> the, the insult is when you're talking about the music that I play. Well, well that's when well, people okay. get insulted. Well, music, music, Always. you got to put quotes around it, but yes, okay. Yeah, yeah I, every, 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 <laughs> since, every since Max said that that's fresh, the hip-hop stuff, we don't want to play nothing else. Yeah, man. Because it on. just don't sound right. It doesn't sound as good. Well, yeah, some, yeah. Of it, some of it is, some right. of it is cool. Oh, I it love Led Zeppelin back, and stuff, you know. It yeah. takes me back to college. Some of it is cool, but then some of the other stuff, I get a headache because I envision well, James just, moving his but head. James is cool. <laughs> it's like hardcore, like Metallica. You know, it's just, it's just you're like, whoa, that Metallica's man. fresh. I'm Metallica just, you know, here, like, you know, like, not every song I want to hear. Yeah. yeah. So y'all just, don't know that James is actually part of a a group. It's not true. Like, he's a pseudo-member of a group. We're not going to well, get into a type of group. Pseudo-member? Pseudo what member type of, of a music what instrument? You mean you, play, you just James? smash instruments, or you actually play he's something? Like a, when he says like pseudo like member, what's that? Mean? Drummer, he's like you know, he's just the guy for for this very famous. None of that is. You, none of that is. Are true. you diving into the crowd? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm, too, I'm too big for that. But wait, you said Those a famous group. Well so wait, you are you are the backup drummer for a well known group. That we'll is like not this. true. He has a bed on their tour bus. He's the guy. That is not true. Who? I heard you were really good friends with the lead singer of a big group, though. Yeah, 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 my favorite band of all time, for sure. Yeah, yeah which them, is them, them concerts, they're, they're, though. the name of the band is Cold. Okay. Yeah, them yeah. concerts, though, Jay. The ones that James go to. Yeah, you yeah. go there. You like. You said the name of the band is Cold. Yes. So what's the name? Cold. cold. I know it's a cold name. But I'm yeah. saying what? What is it? No, the name is Cold. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, the name is Cold. I get it. So, what, so tell me the name yeah. of the band. I'm just kidding. In, in other news, can we get T some honey, man? Some tea. You got the tea some honey. Who? Can we get Key some tea? Like said tea? I said Key, your name. Some what? Key and Honey. So can we get <laughs> Key some tea and Honey? The Doc Rivers voice, man. So when you spend five hours at up front for the company, your voice turns into this. Oh, so it's the And then you were also on the radio and on TV all day. Yeah, but it, it had a lot to do with the it, if it had a lot to do with communicating and mingling with people and talking for five oh, hours. Just the worst. And, Oh, sorry. Did I say loud, that out loud? Loud music. You try to talk I over like music. I like being a, yeah. That's, that's who you and I are, though, Key. We like that. You're right. Uh, 
I, there's nothing. This is like a Larry <laughs> David thing. There's nothing worse to me than small talk. It's the hardest thing in the world. If you can You're elevate in the it, small talk industry. I know. That's why I can't do. If you'd you make it talk medium ever. talk, at least I can do. It's the Larry David line. Give me medium talk, and I can do it. At or, least. Or, What's medium talk? Before you move I, on, not worst. just. Go ahead, Max. Well, I don't know. Just not just like the most superficial stuff. Here's the superficial. This is the one that always gets me. Hey, I'll give you a call. You know, just to, let's exchange numbers and then we'll catch up. That's not, that doesn't that doesn't bother me because I know that's not real. Because you really, me really you don't call. need to say it. See, the one that gets me though is how you doing? Do you really want to know? Do you See really? that the the fake number call we're gonna cook up and get together when I'm out here. Like, come on, man. And then you give me the one text, like, hey, it's great run into you. And like, then, and then I, I don't see you for gone. 10 you're years. Gone. You're gone. And hey, what you been up to? I've been <laughs> working. What do you think I've been man, up to? Some tea. Hey, man. Did what I, what, what I say? Did I say, did I say tea or key? Can we get tea, some honey, oh, man, damn, some tea? See, Can we get what? tea, some, tea some, some honey, man? Some tea? That's what I told you. you I did said. say it. You I got good ears. Guys, yesterday, well, even before we get to that, not only are we presented by Progressive Insurance. But Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Finals is tonight. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on ESPN Radio. Now, guys, yesterday Patrick Beverly was on the show, and he told us why he thinks the Heat are in trouble even though they won Game 1. A healthy Boston, I don't know, I don't know how that looks yet. You know, obviously Al Horford didn't play. Marcus Smart didn't play. But, you know, if you're a basketball player and you're looking at a basketball game, one game, how they started out the game, how they pressured the guards. You got Jason Tatum trying to initiate offense. That's really not I, – I, I won't say he can't do it. I'm just saying that uh, it's easier when Marcus Smart is out there when he uh, initiating the offense. Again, we touched on attacking, uh, you know, playoffs all about attacking mismatch. Mm-hmm. Pritchard, uh, Pritchard, they put him in everything. Just like, you know, when I said about the C- CP, you know, it's, it's not that. It's, you know, it's just playoffs or matchups. You know, you can't guard, you go get exposed. And they did it time after time after time in the fourth quarter. Uh, kind of crippled their defense, got bodies off Butler, and, and you know can't really stay attached to him there. So uh, with a healthy Marcus Smart pressuring those guards, Al Horford. I mean, uh, initially I didn't know coming in, but I like Boston now. You see, I disagree with Pat Bev because the the last part of his statement is everything for me with a healthy Marcus Smart. So when I hear from other reporters that yesterday he was walking around gingerly in shoot around and practice and didn't put weight on it. Like, I wonder, like, what level of Marcus Smart am I getting? Am I getting an 80% level? And I don't question his toughness at all. One of the toughest dudes there is in the league and can play through things. Now, if you have a foot injury, how you guard Jimmy Butler is going to matter. But I do think it helps their offense regardless of how, you know, where he is because he just initiates it and allows Jason Tatum to hunt his shot. But how he guards Jimmy Butler, the hottest player in the playoffs right now, that's going to really question – his level of toughness and where his foot is in the overall kind of, I guess, percentage level of how far and how hard he can go. So that's Marcus Smart listed as probable. Al Horford is listed as doubtful, Jay. And Woj says the Celtics got some promising news on Smart's foot injury. Here is the latest. I'm told there was some good news today. He, 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 he shed that walking boot that he was using. He doesn't need that. 
Know he's gotten out. He's gotten some treatment. He's been able to do some things on the floor to try to test out that foot, not put too much pressure on it. But that very much is going to be a decision made tomorrow. That one's going to go into, you know, perhaps closer to game time. You know, I know, I know with Marcus Smart, he does not like to miss two games in a row. You don't see him do that often. Uh, but this is a real injury, and uh, I think they'll have a better sense tomorrow. But he has made progress. We'll see what it looks like tomorrow night in Miami before game two. Does that encourage you at all that maybe the foot will be a little better than well, maybe otherwise anticipated? Yeah, well, I mean, it's everything that we just talked about, though, yeah. right? I mean, it's a – look, you have to trust in your players to tell you whether they can go or not. Like, there's no – I thought Marcus Smart, real talk, was going to go game one. Seeing him on the sidelines, I was shocked. I was like, oh, this must be a legit thing for the toughest player or one of the toughest players in the league to sit out game one of the Eastern Conference Finals, right? So it goes to show you – if he comes back tonight, what he's battling through. The question is, just having him on the court, I don't think that's enough. Not with the level Jimmy Butler's playing at right now. I don't know what you think, Key, but that's how I feel. But I think Miami's, they, they should be the favorite tonight to win. You know, they, they should be, but I think if, if Marcus Smart is able to go and he's healthy, obviously that neutralizes Jimmy Butler to some degree. But maybe Jimmy Butler is fired up for this in the challenge because he's hearing everybody talk about Marcus Smart coming back, oh, it's going to be different. And you know how that goes with a guy like this. It fires those type of players up. The one thing that I like to see, though, is Tatum be able to take the next step. Jay had him at the Velvet Rope a couple weeks ago. He entered the Velvet Rope. He got a table on the bottom floor. He's yet, in my opinion, to get the table on the top floor overlooking the entire club because he's got to deliver this time around. And in order to get them, if he gets them to the championship, he gets to sit at the table. Yeah. I'll tell you the hard part. I mean, first off, Peyton Pritchard isn't playing 30 minutes. Right, so he was a liability. He got attacked every possession. Now you can switch all the action. You, there's no weak link to attack. But the loss of Al Horford, like that, I, these are two massive losses because that allows Bam not to respect the outside shooting of guys like Robert Williams who left the game late or guys like Daniel Tice. So now Bam can control the paint, which that gives you multiple bodies if you're Jason Tatum to look at or Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart that monitor the lane, and that, that closes those gaps. So Boston has to make a lot of shots from the outside tonight. Tice and, and Time Lord are very good players, but Horford brings a different dimension he to the team. He spaces the floor, man. Yeah. Allows you to play differently. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Guys, let's go from game two tonight to what happened to the Mets' ace last night. The Mets are defined by the health that they have this season. Scherzer's sure, done. Scherzer's done, by the way. I'm done, he said. Yeah, I'm done. It was a, a, not a good slider. He felt something, and he immediately was done. It's so early on in the season, and you got off to a good start. There's no urgency to try to rush him back or say, no. hey, Max, we're going to need you to pitch through this. No. Right? He's so good and has such a track record of being great that he earns the right to not push it. Max Scherzer, of course... Well, you say the Mets ace, except if DeGrom is healthy, he's the best starter in baseball. Is this um, like starting to become like a curse on the Mets? I mean, Miguel's out too. DeGrom, he's no longer playing. And then Scherzer throwing that slider into the dirt. Like for him to say, I'm done, I'm done. He's a tough player. Since, One of the toughest players in the league too. Since the late 80s, early 90s, the Mets have been snake bit by the same philosophy that brought them so much success, investing so much in starting pitchers because they haven't been healthy. Now, in the late 80s, early 90s, they had incredible pitching staffs. 
Uh, and because there was no wild card, by the way, they didn't make as many playoffs as they ought to have. But our guest right now, speaking of aces, I th- listen, I'll make a very good argument he should be in the Hall of Fame. David Cohn, if not for the strike-shortened 94 season and then the fact that the 95 season was truncated, you'd have four 20-game win seasons and they put you in the hall where I think you belong. Anyway, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thanks, guys. I uh, appreciate it. Nice to be on. I know you probably don't think a lot of win totals because of the analytics, but that doesn't mean nothing. Look, let's start with what happened last night uh, with the Mets. How concerned are you to see a guy like Max Scherzer pull himself from the game in the middle of an inning? It's very concerning. You know, you guys know this, and I've heard you say this, that, you know, he's so tough, and and he's so known for pitching through pain that, for him to take himself out of the game is really troubling when when you factor all that in. But with that being said, maybe he's matured. Maybe he knows his body so well that he got himself early. He got himself out early enough before there was anything major that that could have happened, rather than try to pitch through something. And that's the that's the hardest thing for any athlete, really, in any sport, is to to sort of distinguish between pain and injury. You know, is this pain? Can I work through it? Or am I on the edge of, of injuring myself? And you just hope that Max understands the difference between those two. So, David, now the Mets are without the Grom. They're without Tyler Miguel. They're without Scherzer. Like, what can the Mets do to bolster their rotation? Where do they go from here? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, Chris Bassett's off to a great start, too. So he kind of slides on up the ladder and, and and really has pitched like a number one starter. So you can really count on him to, to stay away from long losing streaks, so to speak, from a from an old school mentality. You know, a number one kind of keeps you in the game and, and stops the, the losing streaks. But I think in today's atmosphere, you know, offense has been suppressed. Pitchers are kind of ahead of the game now because of analytics, because of pitch design and, and all the modern technology. I think it's easier to find an arm than it is to find a bat. So to speak, nowadays, if you need a hitter, that's harder to find than if you need an arm. So I think the overall depth of the Mets and their and their their pitching in the minor leagues is going to be tested. But with all that being said, I, I you know I I think they can probably hold the fort down as long as you know Max isn't isn't out for too long, and that you can look down the road and say, hey, second half we've got Jacob Degrom coming back. Uh, you know, it, it puts the Mets still still in a pretty decent position in terms of. Uh, you know, still still being able to weather this injury storm. All right, enough with the Mets already, guys. Let's talk about what I really care about. Put some respect to the mighty team. New They're York stopping. Yankees. David Cohn was a top-flight pitcher, ace, if you will, on both staffs. I know they had Doc, and it was a very deep Mets pitching staff. You were the ace on the Yankees staff for sure. On the Yankees' side, they continue to play like the best team in baseball, David. They're off to their best start since 98. Actually, they're equal to the 98 start what stood out to you the most about what they've done? The, the thing that has really stood out, I mean, it's easy to point right to Aaron Judge in a contract year and having an MVP-type season and just, you know, an all-world performance all the way around. I mean, that's the easy target to look at, and, and it's true. But to me, the story of the Yankees is the overall pitching depth, the job they've done as an organization in terms of turning around uh, their talent uh, uh, evaluation, their talent development. Matt Blake, the pitching coach brought in from Cleveland, has done a great job organizationally, top to bottom. They are really churning them out now. I think if you if you look at the Yankees, you know, and this kind of pertains to the Mets too, it's, it's not just about your starting rotation 
your top five or even your top 10 pitchers. It's really about your top 20 pitchers in your organization. Mm. That's what you're going to need. The Mets are finding that out now. Uh, the Yankees have maybe the top 20 arms in the big leagues right now. Certainly the Dodgers are on that list as well, but the overall depth of their pitching staff reaching all the way down into the minor leagues is as good as it's ever been right now. David Cohen, ESPN Sunday night baseball analyst, join us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Sorry about my voice, David. I've been talking forever, but uh, you know how that goes. The Yankees yes. and their big home run hitter, Aaron Judge. Judge made a decision that he was going to play out the contract and not sign an extension, but he's playing extremely well. Why do you think he's playing that way this year in a contract year? Well, Keyshawn, you know, I mean, motivation's a big key for, for athletes in any sport. And when you get challenged or you feel like you're not, you know, uh, getting your proper due, so to speak, that that, that can be a motivating factor too. So, uh, you know, he is a supremely talented player. You know, he's 6'7", 282, does everything well. Uh, he ranks out as the Yankees' best base runner. He plays center field. I mean, he he could be a tight end in the NFL, and he's playing center field for the Yankees. That shows you what kind of athleticism he has. He's betting on himself. He's very confident, and he's probably in his peak right now. And he is worth more than probably just about anybody. He's a top five, minimum top ten player in the game. I think right now probably top five player. And It's not easy. It's a short list. You know, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, very short list of players that Aaron Judge is on. He deserves to be paid at the top of the pay scale. He also is bringing something that, you know, like Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, guys who hit home runs that were, it's not just the number of them, it's the distance. It's like he, it's what you pay to see, what the fans pay to see. Um, do you think, look, he had 52 home runs as a rookie, hasn't played in over 150 games since then. He has 14 home runs already. Seems to me, David, he could – I know there's a long way to go, but 60 would not be out of reach for him. It's a valid point, you know, and really if you think about today's environment, you know, that's one of the things about analytics uh, teaches us is that year to year things change. What is the current environment and how good are you compared to the average player in this year? Not last year or the year before, but this year, and we all know – that home runs are suppressed this year, and there's a lot of variables involved. One is the baseball itself. Major League Baseball has admitted, you know, that they have uh, played with the baseball a little bit to make it travel less far, so to speak. So, home run hitters are more valuable today than they than they were yesterday or the, or the year before last year. So, the true home run hitters are more valuable. So, a guy like Aaron Judge is more valuable than he was last year because if you remember, even back to 2019. Glaber Torres hit 38 home runs. We had middle infielders hitting 20, 30 Amazing. home runs. Yeah, that, That's not the case. That's not the case anymore. Yesterday's price is not today's price. Mm. So for Aaron Judge, his ability to hit home runs, his ability to hit the ball harder than anybody else in the game or farther than anybody else in the game is more valuable now, today as we speak, than it's ever been. David, I want to ask you this question. Having been in both dugouts before the Yankees and the Mets, do the Yankees run the risk? of losing Judge to the Mets? They run the risk of losing Judge to, to a number of teams. You know, you can factor in the West Coast teams as well. But, you know, Keyshawn's a great point. I mean, Steve Cohen with the Mets is, is a dynamic owner. Uh, he's taken the league by storm. He will not be denied. 
Uh, he has more resources than anybody else. Uh, there's a new sheriff in town in Queens, and it, it's good for Mets fans. They should be very happy about that. He will stop at nothing. Uh, he's almost like George Steinbrenner was 30 years ago for the Yankees. Uh, you, so it's a good time to be a Mets fan because whatever the needs are, uh, they're going to be met. And he's revamping and reimagining that whole organization from top to bottom, and resources are being poured in in every level. So, yes, <laughs> there is a chance that – the Mets, even though, uh, you know, maybe their outfield mix is a little jumbled right now. They have a lot of players, but you always find room for a guy like Aaron Judge. But I think the West Coast teams as well, the San Francisco Giants uh, would, would certainly uh, potentially be in play for somebody like Aaron Judge, maybe even the Padres for that matter. So, so yes, uh, there is a risk of losing Judge at this point with the way he's playing. And at the end of this year, You've got uh, 30 teams that could bid on him potentially and at least five to 10 that would be serious bidders in my mind. Yeah, I just felt like asking you that question because I wanted to see Max turn red and squill in his seat. If you're going to go to age 37 with the guy and offer him over $30 million, you're going to quibble about the last $2 million? All right. David Cohen, I have one last question for you. I'm not going to talk about Nestor Cortez next time. But um, how, like, I've been big on analytics since I read Bill James as a little kid, right? But you yes. are so uh, not only such an intelligent observer, but you were an ace pitcher in the league, and you've always been up on analytics, and you've spoken about them so clearly and without apology. Um, how did you? How are you able to do that in a sport that was so hostile to them, and still remain a, a lead, You know, a, a team leader in all those things. How were you able to negotiate that? Well, it, it's a great question. You know, I really felt like. I needed to educate myself so that I could push back in certain areas. You know, you, it, it's hard to be a critic of analytics unless you understand them first. You know, it, it's easy. It's easy to throw stones, as they say. But, you know, I really wanted to find out what was going on. And to me, really, analytics is just about giving credit where credit is due. Who's doing what? What's most valuable? How, what, who's doing the most to help their team win games? And to me, it, it's about the all-around ball player in baseball. It's a guy who uh, who plays defense and offense well, the guy who runs the bases well, the guy that, you know, the guy who does the most, uh, who helps you in the most different areas uh, to help you win ball games. And how do we come up with a ranking for that? And that's one of the reasons why I loved war wins above replacement, because it gave you one number, sort of like a quarterback rating in football. It gave you one number that sort of uh, showed you, okay, who's doing the most all around, who's the best all around ball player. And, Years past, baseball players were judged on defense just by errors, fielding percentage, and that was woefully inadequate. I think we had a gold glove awarded to Rafael Palmero back in the 90s when he only played like 16 games at first base, just based on reputation. So, you know, that, that's what kind of pushed me to, you know what, I want to find a method to give credit where credit is due, and that's really all it's about. One-loss records can be deceiving for pitchers. I know that. I went, I, you know, I... I I won 20 games on a on a 1988 Mets team and I won 20 games on a 1998 Yankees team and in both situations it wasn't my best year. It was years that I was supported the best. I had the best runs on board. I had the best defensive support. And winning 20 games was reflective of that. And I I won 11 games and lost 14 games in 1993 with the Royals. That might have been my best year. 88 was pretty damn low, good. Uh, 88 yeah, I had was the pretty damn good. Lowest uh, yeah uh, run support that year. So. That's really what it's about. It's about peeling back the layers and trying to give credit where credit's due.
Well, David Cohn, not only a hero to the Yankees and to Mets fans and, and an ace in his day, but a great expositor, one of the best of analytics. Appreciate you jumping on with us this morning. My pleasure, guys. Good. Thanks for having me. All right, David. Coming up, uh, can a little health go a long way for the Celtics? That's next. First, Jay has this from NetSuite. In growing companies, there are two kinds of CFOs. The one overwhelmed with manual processes, errors, and lack of control of the numbers. And the one who uses NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. With visibility and control of financials, inventory, HR, planning, and budgeting, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. The CFOs that get it, they get it. You know that key. The CFOs that don't, they don't. Head to NetSuite.com slash KJM for a special one-of-a-kind financing offer. NetSuite.com slash KJM. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike.
Hey. True. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and smart and your smart speakers. See me in the video. All right. True. Monica McNutt is with us now, guys, ESPN basketball analyst and friend to the show. What up, cuz? Good morning. Jeez. Look at that. Now, now you're talking. Now it's time drum. to get up. I needed that. That's called like, up, good Keith. weather down in Miami. That's that's what that's called. That's just Monica. That's what she brings. Auntie, come on that's, now. Max, that both both things are correct there, guys, because the weather is amazing. In fact, I looked at the weather in Boston and was like, mm, about that. Although it's supposed to randomly be ninety degrees on Sunday. <laughs> but at least you're not like the teams that go down to Miami. They go down there and don't work. You go down there and actually work. Man, Key, work kept me from enjoying the sun poolside yesterday, but yes, I do work. <laughs> so speaking of that, what do the Celtics have to do to tie the series tonight, Monica? Ooh, chow. Uh They got to get 80% of market smart, 75% of market smart. Um, all right, the big thing, though, is turnovers, and I've been really enjoying working with our stats group through this series. Jimmy Butler did not miss a shot when it started off a live ball turnover, um, and the turnovers just played into exactly what the Miami Heat do. And then you allow them to grow in confidence because they get quick baskets, they come back, they're waiting for Jason Tatum, who they did a really good job of closing up gaps on um, and forcing him into the seven turnovers uh, in the ballgame. So the, step one is holding the bas- holding onto the basketball. Ime Udoka said to us pregame, the best defense is good offense, which is absolutely correct because you give yourself a chance to, one, make a basket, set up a decent offensive rebound, but most importantly, slow the heat down in terms of allowing them to get out and run. Hmm. Monica, I'm curious, you know, knowing that uh, Marcus Smart has the right foot injury, do you think we'll see Miami attack and make him defend, see how he handles pushing off that right foot to slide laterally tonight? I think so, Jay, but then I go through their personnel and who you got attacking him other than Jimmy. And I like, I think Jimmy will test it. Um, Again, more fun stats. We had the research team look at who defends Jimmy best. And statistically, in terms of effective field goal percentage, it's actually Jalen Brown. And then Marcus Smart was second. Um, So in terms of testing him, outside of Jimmy, maybe some of it, maybe a little Gabe Vincent. I thought he played really well. I'm not sure, like, who the test guy is going to be outside of him in regular actions in the Heat offense. Mm. Monica McNuck joining us, ESPN basketball analyst on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. <laughs> Key, shut up. Key's such a fool. Well, like, you know always that? doing something funny, no. joking around over you here. You had to turn around and look at the damn sign and read I our just, names. I, I naturally do it every time. See, this is what happens, Monica. He Let turned around focused. and looked at the sign. You should know we've been doing this two years, man. The last name has been a couple since, though I understand. Can I, can I interview Monica now? Are you done? Yes. Monica, we have been at – I – Myself and Kia have been having this debate with Max. Shocking. Okay. Right? That Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler is playing the best basketball out of anybody in the playoffs. Understood. Is he a top five player in the NBA, though? When you're saying, hey, top five player in the NBA. If. Is. Y'all if, buddy. if he winds up winning the if finals he wins MVP. Okay. If he wins the finals MVP, if he wins a champion next year, will you come into the season saying Jimmy Butler is a top five player in the league? Uh, yeah, if he wins, yeah. How can you not, Jay, if he wins? How see, can you not? See, like, my- that, that is what everybody is chasing, right? And I know Max waxes poetic about Steph 
what he has done or has not done as far as individual accolades in the postseason. If Jimmy does that with this group that started two undrafted players in the Eastern Conference Finals game, what? Are you kidding me? What are we talking about? Uh, understood. I just need, I like my top five players to play that way, top five, the entire year. Monica, so it's the whole year. And I like it to be sustained. For a period of time, okay. instead of one run, like, I, and it's not knocking okay. Jimmy. I think Jimmy's an incredible player who's had he's having an incredible run. I just top five isn't something can, I just throw can, around. Let light, me just light. refine it a little bit. Really, the I'm I'm asking the question more than anything, but I come down on it on the side that you are, Monica. But I understand it's a debate that if you are a top ten to fifteen player in the regular season, but you're a top five player in the playoffs, and most teams make the playoffs. Aren't you just a top five player? Like, if you're top five when it matters most, like, you know what's what I mean? Yeah. Example of that. Like, who else fits into that bucket for you? Other okay, than I got, I got this time. one, Jay. Let's. Uh, what's the? Uh, what's, dang, I'm messing up my lyrics. What's Sorry. the Missy Elliott song? Put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it. <laughs> okay. Okay. If we reverse it, if you talk about a guy like, this is kind of a wonky example now because what happened to them, but a guy like Donovan. Right, Mitchell. I would never or say I'll Donovan. even give you. I'll even give you our regular season MVP, who came up short in the playoffs. Uh-huh. Now matchups being what they may, do you care more? You want to have the conversation about regular season versus playoffs, or no, playoffs I, that matter? I like I think it goes both ways. I don't have Jokic as a top five player in the league, though. So, like, or even Donovan, I don't have him as a top five player in the league. I, I, that's that's where I see there's a difference. Here, here's one for you, though, Monica, and I tried to get them to understand this one, and you probably will. Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi, oh, okay, good. Ka- mm-hmm. Kawhi at the Spurs was defense, defense, defense. Kind of like Jimmy Butler. He did win a finals MVP, though, by the way. I know, I, I get that. Yeah. But then eventually it became all about him on the offensive side when he got to Toronto mm-hmm. and he won the, the MVP. He shot up. In my, mm-hmm. in my eyes, he shot up to becoming a top five dude after Toronto. People were just like, oh, he top 10, top 10. And then all of a sudden he shot up to top five. Yeah, just that finals MVP that you had beforehand, that means a lot to me. That carries a lot Yeah, of I was about to say, I think, carries I think basketball folks were probably having that conversation in advance because he was, yeah, he had been good in the postseason. Okay, but Jay, now you got to give me your top five because, like, everybody in your top five has performed all season long. Like, are we counting games missed and rest? And, like, wh- what are we doing? So, I, I'm doing this on the fly. I have Giannis. Okay, let's do it. La- Giannis, mm-hmm. LeBron. I still think LeBron's top five. Giannis, LeBron, and KD, right? Like, those three might be the best player in the game. So, those three are in, right? I still have, I have Stephen Curry. And you have Steph four or one of the – okay. And so and I still have, have, I have Joel Embiid. Okay. I mean, Embiid and Butler were on the same team. Embiid was a better yeah. player, but Butler was the leader of the team. Okay. Yeah, Jay. Like, I'm okay. with you, Max. Like, that, that to me, those so, are interchangeable pieces. Like, I, yeah, I don't – I'm not – here's the thing. There is an elite group of guys – who I trust. Monica. Hold on. What am I about to say? Who I I think I trust. If they can turn it on during the postseason and during the regular season, when they're on the floor, I can count on them. Like, I can tolerate it, you know? And, like, this morning, get up. Wendy, he talked about this in terms of Jimmy's mindset and wanting to be whole for the playoffs because that's when it matters most. I I can't knock that. Like, that is is what we – these conversations come down to. Rings – playoff performances at the end of the day. So, no, I'm not, I'm not going to trip off the regular season too heavy. Because it's not like he doesn't so, play. So you would well, take, except you would, when he's actually hurt. So you, you would take, like right now, like I also look at top five players, like you would take him and he could transcend the team. I also feel like for Jimmy right now, Jimmy is playing at a level that if, he, if, if you're telling me he sustains this level, 
Next year? Okay. That's fair. Top five player. This is a different level than the Jimmy Butler that we've seen throughout the That's regular fair, season. That's fair, but the trajectory about- is he's getting better and better and better in these situations. Yeah, but it wasn't because two years ago when they got to the bubble, he was doing his thing, and then it dropped off because they lost in the first uh, Monica, round. He was averaging 14 points per I game. I mean, we're trying to so- hit a moving target, but that's why I'm saying uh, yeah. if he wins mm-hmm. finals MVP. If, 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 yeah. if. Because okay. he's played at that plus, level I mean- so far. Right, and the reality of these lists is like they are fluid. He, Jay, I, you come on, Jay. If he, if they win and he's Finals MVP, like come on, Jay. Okay, I'm saying I'm, I still think it's close about having a conversation about Jimmy Butler being a top five. Will NBA Jay player. will finally give Jimmy Butler his props if he wins Final I, MVP? See, no, no, you can give somebody their props without having them going to rarefy. What if he brings air. peace in the Middle East? Will you finally Jeez. give him his props? <laughs> see how he tries to frame it, Monica. <laughs> Nothing he, nothing Butler can do will be good enough for Jared. Enjoy Monica the sun. Enjoy the sun, Monica. Enjoy, Enjoy the sun it. indeed. Thanks, y'all. Uh, she always brings the sunshine on this show. All right, coming up. Is Nick Saban scared of Texas A&M? Is that what's going on? Friend of the show sure thinks so. You'll hear that next. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
It's yeah. your top five. Not. I don't know. Yates got me scratching my head. No, because no, Yates good. just came out of the room. He just gave you his top five players in the league. And he said Giannis, KD, Braun, Stephen Curry. And Jokic. But he always says Embiid should have gotten the MVP over Jokic. Yeah, no one yeah, cares I'm not about disrespect that. The, I'm not going to disrespect the rankings. Like, if, if you got two MVPs <laughs> and you've been doing all you've been doing, I'm going to put you in the top five, but it also allows you to get knocked out first because you ain't been doing nothing but winning them. Yeah, you play the, your you play list. The, you play the wimpy horn every time anyone mentions uh, Jokic. Yeah. It's well, your then, list. Why are you giving this? him credit for something you don't think he deserved if you're, you think your guy is better? Well, how about this? We'll go yeah, take well, him how out, about this? And we'll put Luca in as a top five, as the fifth person. <laughs> Greek, Braun, KD, Luca. So what you're saying is you don't value Embiid. Jimmy Butler, what he's doing right now. He's not going to be in my top five. He yeah, could be he's the top ten, though. Yeah, he's, yeah, top, he's 10. top ten. Amazing not in my player. top five, though. Uh, I'm with you. More. By the way, he may not be five. Maybe like seven. I, I don't know, but he is. my point is he that's goes fine. from. You've been pretty adamant on top five. He goes, I, I think that's I've heard a, top seven come out of your mouth for four hours today. Well, okay, let's put it this way. Moving the chains. If he wins yep, finals MVP, I probably would say top five. You see how it, it, the, the day didn't start That's off with fair. Max Kellerman saying if he wins final MVP. You guys know that, right? It's shifted. It's slowly moved down the field to if he wins it all. As we discussed, don't don't be trying to the drive this is the sleep. Why don't you give yourself here. some credit? As we discuss it, I refine my take. You don't show you up got, with a. You don't show up if you're talking to someone who knows everything about basketball man, for four here, hours. This is New York City he, slick hustler. And your people. opinion is the same. Then Max he constantly tells control. other people Max what, what is, you're saying. Max oh. been slick for about thirty years. Yeah, I mean he's, he's not gonna lying. catch me slipping. Not today, well, Max. Max got talent, man. I try yeah, he to. Got, that boy got If you ain't paying attention to him, he'll show. He'll show. He will sell you beachfront property in Arizona. You got to watch Max. In this business, I'm two-time player of the year. <laughs> hey, I got this beachfront property right here in Arizona right for you. Arizona. No, you don't need to look at it. We'll send the pamphlets. We'll send the money. <laughs> Just wire it. Wire the funds. Yeah, wire it. I got a bridge I'd like to sell you. It's an NFT, but it's a bridge still. It's a bridge. <laughs> it still exists. In my NFT, in it's beachfront property in Arizona. Oh, I Max worse than the Max, Max, I might have to bring you into the metaverse. You will be incredible. Max is yeah. worse than the dude who sold an airport to his own country, <laughs> in his country. <laughs> That he did not own, the government Ni- owned The Nigerian dude? The Nigerian yes. Dude. Absolutely. Yes. You know I'm half Nigerian. I wasn't even going to go there. I wasn't. I didn't want to go there, but yes. Well, you know, you're just saying. You ain't going nowhere, but just saying. Don't go. Yeah. I didn't want to go there. Uh, Max, listen, you're appreciated. I, I, I probably would do well in the metaverse because it's all smoke and mirrors, that's right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's my game. It's not all smoke and mirrors. Damn. But you'd be I need good. it to be all smoke and mirrors. You would be good at We're it. We're back in 10 seconds. Have you ever seen that, Jay? Yeah. Woo! It's almost Friday, baby. One more day. One more day. Get me there, please. <laughs> the guy who sold the airport to his own country. <laughs> the world we live in. But listen, we, is yeah, it fair no to blame him about Max for the being hustle? Slick. Max gets slick out here because when we start off the day, Max is like, "Yeah, I think Kawhi's playing like a top five player in the NBA right Jimmy now." Jimmy Butler, and you mean. Jimmy Butler, yes, yeah. Jimmy Butler. And the conversation has crystallized now to the end of the show. Max then reframing the conversation, saying, "If if Jimmy wins the championship, and wins what final I said MZ, was, finals MVP, he you're forgetting be, Jay. We could play it back. But no, Max, I, Max, let me I, no, 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 Max. I'll, I, it's, what you're we saying, play Max, it back. I, I can tell you what you're saying. What you were saying, Max, is that if if Jimmy wins a championship and wins the finals MVP, then he'll be top five, right? No, but I started out by asking the question." 
if you are top 10 to 15 in the regular season, but you elevate to top five in the playoffs, yeah. aren't you just top five? Because the regular season is what it is. It's playoffs are the high leverage games that matter. You would that be was close my to argument. that, but it's a lot of people that ball out in the regular season that's top five that ball out in the postseason that's top five. Right. Most of them do. I just need my top five to most, ball out all most, the time. Most guys do it in both. Yeah, that's what post. makes the question interesting to me about Jimmy Butler. And then – by talking about it with Jay Will, who knows a thing or two about basketball, I refined it somewhat to say, if Jimmy like Butler continues to play like this in the I like playoffs, I like that. then Save what? Him. If he wins finals MVP. All right. Choose your own adventure time. Steph or Jimmy, you want us to talk about that? 22% do. Dark Horse NFL MVP candidates. All right. Almost 17% want us to talk about that, but 30% want us to talk about Tiger Woods, but that doesn't matter either because almost 32% want us to talk Saban and the NIL situation. Is Nick Saban afraid of Texas A&M? Let's take a listen to what Saban had to say about A&M's recruiting class. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. Yeah, you didn't buy one player. You just made sure to hook it up. I get it. I get it. It's part of the game. We've never spent a cent on a player. No, just like Reggie Bush at USC. We never, ever gave Reggie Bush one thing. It was somebody outside the football program. The actual university never contributed. Just the reality of it. It's not a lie. It's telling the truth. Yeah. Just truth can be contorted. What did those comments tell Paul Feinbaum about Nick Saban's state of mind? I think he's very worried. Uh, let's remember a couple of things. Uh, he lost to Jimbo Fisher last year in College Station, first time he had ever lost to one of his assistants. He lost a national championship game to another assistant. And now you have a new force in recruiting. And some people will say, well, Alabama has everything going for them. They do. Uh, they put more players into the pros. They do this. They do that. However, they do not have as deep a pockets to buy players as Texas A&M. Texas A&M is, a, is an oil-rich state. Alabama is not. And, and I think that's really, what really concerns Saban here, uh, these new collectives, uh, which are way too complicated to explain in, in a short period of time, are giving boosters the right to go out and bring players in, even though it's technically against the NCAA rules. But, Ryan, mm. guess what? There's no such thing as NCAA rules anymore. It's <laughs> the wild, wild west. The NCAA really doesn't care, despite what they say. So if you want to cheat, it's open season. Yeah, you got oil money. You got entertainment See? money. You got fight. Well, nothing here on the – I guess Rutgers could try it or Syracuse, maybe Penn State, some of the schools over here with the financial money. But when you got money, Duke, Duke got crazy – uh, uh, owners of teams and lawyers and all sorts of How do you think they could afford Jay Will? But, but, by the way, like, but, but like, I also want to really reframe the conversation because it's it's not cheating. Right. Like, you're fairly compensating. Well, it's cheating when you don't have the funds. Yeah. It's cheating when you, you don't, don't have, have the, the funds, funds to participate. To, to participate at the level in which A&M, Texas, USC, Ohio State, are contributing to the NIL fund, so but, to speak. But, Keith, that is business as usual, Absolutely. man. That's business as usual. And when the labor has been free for so long, like hearing somebody like Nick Saban say something like that, I'm like, yo, man, you sound old. You sound like a dinosaur. No, and I got a lot of respect for Nick Saban. Yeah. Went the best coach probably ever in college football history, one of the best coaches in all football. But for me, like, you have to adapt now. Adapt to what the new age is Willie bringing. Key? No, he is adapting. He's always adapted. The problem is – 
He doesn't have the pot, Jake. He's got to go to whoever the top guys are in Alabama booster pool and get them to contribute. We got people at SC. Oklahoma has people. Texas, everybody got somebody. You know why they will for sure in Alabama? Even though it's not as obviously nearly as rich a place as as Texas, but they will it's the now. Whole, it's the whole shooting match in Alabama. Alabama football is the most important thing. He got caught blindsided in the situation. He didn't know A and M was spending the type of money, and then all of a sudden it's over with. He's like, "Well, so, wait, that's your payroll? Damn, yeah, exactly." <laughs> so it's like, okay, I got to call Jimmy. And then Jimmy's got to call Billy, and Billy's got to call Susan, and we're going to get it done for 2023. You watch. You watch. Because before, Skeeter. here's what I was saying. I ain't saying nobody's <laughs> cheating, uh, no, right? But check this out, though. Check this out, though, Jay. Yeah. Are you going to go from Hawaii all the way to Alabama to play football? All those colleges all, you all passing those over? Guys? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you and your entire family. Everybody, yeah, no cheating, though. It moves to Alabama. We don't then, pay anybody. Then when a certain player leaves to go to the pros, the brother transfers, and the family moves out. I'm just saying. Just saying. It happens. Oh, by, the way, by, by, by the way, this has been a lot, happening A lot in of states sports. to fly over in Max to play football. What's nice is that actually there's less hypocrisy now. It's more out in the open and the, the – has the game really changed, no, or is it just more out not. in the open? It's just out in the open. It's out in the open. The game yeah. is going to be better for it. Yeah. The game is going to be better for it when it's all said and done. Will Alabama still I wonder reign how much supreme? money I would have made. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, On more than you did. you did make? Let's not talk about cheating. Greeny coming up Barely right now. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two. Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.